If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up? It's your girl, Brianna B. And make sure y'all tune into the hottest podcast in the city, Shy versus Everybody. It's your boy Shy. This is Shy vs. Everybody podcast. We got Hood Howard Stern in the building. Yeah. And we got a special guest today. We got um, co founder and CEO of Detroit Doe, Autumn Kyles. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Before we get into everything, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. I spent it with my family. I spent, so. Um, me and my God family actually live like right across the street from each other. So this time, normally it's at my house, but mm. it was at their house. Mm. So it was cool. I saw all of my little cousins. That's we had a blast. Yeah. I was sick though, but I mean, other than that, the food was great. Yeah, food yeah, yeah. Was banging, so. uh, speaking of food, what's your uh, least favorite food on Thanksgiving? And your favorite food on Thanksgiving? Turkey is my least favorite. <laughs> Even fried. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. I just feel like turkey's dry. Very dry. And I and I feel like there's not really much you can do to dress it up. So <laughs> like, I'd rather have ham versus turkey. Oh yeah, I love honey baked ham. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Like I'd rather have ham. Yeah. Um, but of course, everybody's favorite is mac and cheese. Oh yeah. All day. Yeah. See, All my day. favorite is uh, dressing. Gotcha. Dressing with a lot of cranberry sauce. My least favorite. I know I say yams, but I'm gonna go with potato salad. Mm. I hate potato salad. You ain't have it from the right person though. If you don't like it. Maybe you know. Can you cook? A little bit. I'm, I mainly bake. I don't cook that much. Uh-huh. But like, I know I know how to do a little something. I know enough to be dangerous. Okay. Okay. Cool. What, okay. What's your What's your What's your dish? What's your go to? My go to dish to cook. Yeah. If you had to impress somebody coming over, your go to meal for you to cook. Mm, definitely salmon and Brussels sprouts. Okay. You know, I'm just starting to eat salmon. Like, the only thing I ate was like fried salmon, like salmon coquette. Gotcha. But yeah. I'm just starting to have like real salmon for real. Because mm-hmm. I've been on this little keto diet. Yeah. 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 So it's like basically all meat and vegetables. Right. So we yeah. Eat a lot of asparagus gets broccoli stuff like that correct correct okay well we can before we get to your business tell me a little bit about yourself growing up like mom dad was they together brothers sisters yes so um my mom and my dad are together mm-hmm. um i do have two other brothers but we're all 12 years apart 12 oh, wow yeah so <laughs> it's that's like one of my like you know when people get to know me i tell them like look i got two brothers but we're all 12 years apart so okay. it's all we were all like kind of raised in different generations mm-hmm. um my um my brother is by my mom and then his dad and then my mom got married to my dad and then had me and then they had a little oopsie baby with my brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so up, upbringing was cool. We were uh, born on the east side, ended up moving out to Farmington. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to like, you know, middle school, high school out in Farmington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went to Hampton University, which mm-hmm. is an HBCU in yep, Virginia. Yep. Yes. Rock the blue and white. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, my childhood was... Uh, pretty great. Like, I mean, nothing to complain about. <laughs> How was you as a kid? Goofy, shy, Mm-mm. 
silly. I think I was like outgoing, but mm. I feel like I was someone who was just very independent from the jump. Mm. Like I was always like, I'm doing my own thing. I remember, you know, when I was going to middle school, uh, I was kind of like on the border of a district. So okay. all my friends were going to one high school and I was going to another. And like normally, you know, like a lot of kids would be like, oh, I want to be with my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck that. I'm, try <laughs> I'm trying to make new friends. I'm, you know, I'm independent. I could be everywhere, you know? Yeah. So I was just always like a really independent kid. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say I was goofy. I was just serious, but mm. then like sometimes I just wouldn't take life serious. Yeah, so then yeah. like during high school, my grades weren't that great. Oh. But like I, I don't know, I was a smart kid, just yeah. like didn't really apply myself. So That's I feel like I was just like all over the place, yet independent, yet mm. like. I was a leader, yet, you know, I don't know. I just, like, kind of went with the flow. Yeah, that's, that's similar to me because I got a brother that's uh, nine years older mm -hmm. and a brother that's seven years younger. Uh, no you. sisters. So it was like, dang, I wish I had, like, somebody closer to my age so we can talk and chill mm -hmm. and do stuff like that. Like, did you ever wish you had siblings that was, you know, closer to your age? Yeah. Um, I never really wanted to have siblings closer in mm -hmm. age. I feel like I had a lot of friends in different friend groups mm -hmm. that were closer to me in age. So it almost felt like, so, like, for example, you you know, me and my guy sisters, we're all like, you know, within three to four years of each other. So we were like the siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, so I, I didn't really feel like I didn't have anybody to hang out with. Okay, you know? okay, okay. And you say as far as like, because I know you said you said your grades was up and down. What was that for? Because I know with mine, I went from a, um all black school and then I transferred to Gross Point North. It was like okay. yeah. all white. Yeah, so it was like sure. it was like a culture shock. It was like I didn't have nobody to relate to, talk mm -hmm. to. I had to get used to it. Right. And then once I finally got used to it, Grace was right. I got kicked out because he found out I moved back to Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I went to a black school, started seeing more black girls, and right. Grace just fell down. What was the reason why you say your Grace and stuff was like so up and down? Uh, I just wasn't organized. Mm. I was one of those kids who did my homework but didn't turn it in because I couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like such a stupid thing. Like, I'm looking back at it now. Like, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. But, like, I was just not organized. And I think... Um, Again, like I was, I was one of those kids where it's like I, I have to know the purpose of what I'm doing. If okay. I'm, if I'm just doing this homework just to do it, like technically, you know, in my brain, I can still get into a good college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You so like, think why, you got a chance correct, to get right. correct? So like, why am I doing all of this? extra stuff yeah, trying yeah. to be class pet trying to i don't know it's like you know dumb stuff but mm -hmm. like when i was a kid that's how i thought um but then like when i got into college like applied myself so yeah. like you know i graduated i ended up graduating with a 3-3 which mm -hmm. wasn't like terrible in no, high school but then like i was getting like all a's and like a minuses and like b pluses in college yeah. my parents were like, <laughs> like what, 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 what yeah, yeah what, what happened yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you was you into sports in high school, middle school? Um, so I did. Like, I was on the palm team, which mm -hmm. yeah, was. I see you a coach for no correct. Did some yes. research. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was. It was actually like an all white sport. Mm -hmm. I was like the only black person on the team. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a captain my senior year. Got like a couple of little awards. Um, and that was like my extent mm -hmm. of sports. Okay. I, w I don't know. Like, I'm just, I'm not a soccer girl. I remember, yeah. like, my parents used to put me in, like, peewee soccer. And I used to cry because <laughs> uh -oh. I had, like, grass in my hair. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. so it was just, like, I was never, like, one of those, like, tactical sports type of people. Mm -hmm. Now, did you did you watch sports growing up? No. <laughs> no. There was no sports at all? Nah. So, when you went to Farmington, um, you went there for middle school and high school, right? Yes. Was that, is that, like, a... An elementary school. Was, like, mixed as far as race or more white than black? Or? Um, I would say it was more white than black. But mm -hmm. there were a mix of, like, Indian people, Asian mm -hmm. people. So it wasn't, like, I didn't feel like it was, like, white against black, per yeah. se. Yeah, Um, I, I just think it was, like, diverse, but, like, again, not as 
black diverse, mm-hmm. right? And see, I like that because I like that with my son. My son, he's in seventh grade and he's been Yay. to like, he he he, he experienced that early because mm-hmm. for the most part, even when we stay in Texas, it was like more of a white school or whatever. Right. So he got to get used to being around people besides just the black community. Yeah. So I think it was it was good because he he can be in the hood, this other hood, or in the white community, and he could adapt to anything. Right. With me, that messed me up like. Only time I seen, you know, white people was on TV. So when in my first day of school in a in a gross point, I cried when I went home. Mm-hmm. I told my mom, like, I cannot go back to the school ever again. Yeah. So that's what I was gonna ask you. I seen you went to Hampton. Mm-hmm. So how was it going to like a all black school in college and then you seeing all these different races in, in high school? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people ask me if I had a culture shock when I went to Hampton and mm-hmm. quite honestly I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different when like you know, you've been around different mm. races your whole life, and then you you go to a place where you feel comfortable. Mm. It feels like you should have been there the entire time, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was the most uncomfortable coming back for like Thanksgiving or Christmas break, mm. and like actually remembering that there were white people. Yeah, I yeah. was like, damn, like, <laughs> there's so many white people around, like yeah. because again, you just get so used to like you know, I had first black professor mm-hmm. um all of my classes were mainly black i mean we might have had like one or two like you know yeah you know white people or maybe even like people from other countries but mm-hmm. um you know you just get so used to having this microcosm of just black excellence yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you know being honest it's like i didn't feel like i was walking into a place that was just very like w- you know one-sided or or whatever mm-hmm. you know black people are very diverse oh yeah and for sure Especially when you go to like Hampton, you have different like type of cultures, like West Coast people, mm. way different than down South, oh, Dallas, yeah. Texas, oh, yeah. whatever. And then you get to like the DMV, which is like a whole different beast. So it yeah. was almost like I felt like I was going into this, you know, amazing like microcosm of just like different, diverse mm. black people, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, and yeah. so I felt like, you know, for me, that was the best that was the best experience, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, it, what, um, would you say like, cause uh, when I went to uh, when I was moving moved to Texas from Detroit, mm-hmm. it was like it's black people, but it was like it was it was a different type of love in the South. Correct. Like that's how you felt when you went to Hampton. Oh yeah. Okay, okay. Sure. Did you um now in your whole process of going to college, did you have any other thoughts or any schools you wanted to go to besides Hampton? Yeah. So I really wanted to go to state. Mm-hmm. Um, state was like my top goal. Oh, boo, um, boo, boo. <laughs> yeah, just I, I like I only I really thought of going to state. I mean, I thought of maybe going to Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. Um, but like both of my parents went to state, so I like assumed that I was going to state. And of course, you know, when you're young, it's like all you hear is Michigan versus state. You don't yeah, really yeah. hear anything else. And so, um, you know, just kind of like through that process, I didn't, you know, I really didn't have the grades, mm-hmm. and like I just didn't have like the benefit of being diverse, because mm-hmm. you know, like when you're in Detroit, like, you know, they look at Detroit kids as their diverse pool, mm-hmm. not the black kids who are like in the suburbs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, you know, I didn't have enough grades from my school to like really classify to get into state. And okay. so like when I, you know, kind of realized that it was like, okay, well, you know, I might as well go out of state. Yeah, yeah. And then the only really places I knew were Howard and Hampton. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I went on a um, HBCU tour of, of both and I just fell in love with Hampton. So. Yeah. So that was the ultimate decision once you went on the tour? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, okay. for sure. And did you have like any like, um, was it any issues or like, I'm almost say issues, but was it hard getting adjusted when you went to college at first? No. 
Okay. Again, like, you know, I I was just this independent kid. Mm-hmm. So I always craved that next step. That of, challenge. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, my dad, you know, we were even talking about it last night. He was like, I was afraid for you to go to Hampton because, you know, I didn't know how you were going to adjust. Yeah. But it was more so a fear for me than for you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, again, I was like, I was one of those kids who were like, you know, send me to summer camp for the whole yeah. summer. Oh, like, yeah. why, you know, why not? I mean, like, see, I was that's, just, a, that's a regret of mine because I had a chance to go to Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. My uncle had everything waiting for me to get in, but I was yeah. so scared to leave home. I had yeah. my little brother. I'm like, I hate being away from home. So I'm like, you know, I had every excuse not to do it. Yeah. So then I wanted to go to Eastern, but then my grades was low too. So I went to community college just to get my grades mm-hmm. right. But while I was there, my first two first two months, I found out I had a son on the way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm in class. I'm not even thinking about school. Right. I'm just thinking about, man, I'm 19. Got a baby coming anytime. Like, right. Fuck school. Like, it was right, like, I, yeah. can't, I, I can always come back to school, but right now I got to focus on working and make sure I can support my son. Correct. So, yeah. So, what was your major when you went to Hampton? Yeah. So, I was in the five-year MBA program. Mm-hmm. So, um, mainly it was like business administration, but they have a um, five-year dual bachelor's and master's program. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they run it is just like super specific and streamlined. So, mm-hmm. like, I can't even, I wouldn't even say it was just like a business administration degree. Like, we mm-hmm. did so much i mean they like they taught us like taekwondo like yeah they taught like it was just like a, a completely immersive program mm-hmm. so yeah what would what you suggest to a person that's in the 12th grade don't really know what they want to do as far as like going to college do you would you prefer them to would you say they should go to a black college or it depends on how they are right i think that there's so many opportunities for kids mm-hmm. and like one thing I would say is, number one, skilled trades mm-hmm. are so huge. So I have an uncle who um, didn't graduate from college, mm-hmm. ended up creating his own construction company, billion-dollar company right yeah. now. I mean, like rolling in cash, right? Yeah. Still doesn't have a degree. Yeah. And he came to talk to, um, like, one of the conferences that I was running. And he was like, you know, there's this huge need for skilled trades because we've pushed so many kids to go into college. Yeah. There's no people who are electricians, plumbers, et cetera, Correct. you know, who have those skill sets. They pay you to go to school. Mm-hmm. They, pay, you know, they pay you to come out and you get job jobs right that's like 70, 80 starting out yeah. with, you know, the ability to get a six figure job in like three years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, if anything, if, it, if it's a 12th grader who doesn't know, I mm-hmm. say, you know, number one, there's so many options for you. College does not have to be the only option. Yeah. Community college. Great. Yeah, or do you even, like, advise maybe taking a year off just to find yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do because, again, it's like, you know, I think, and even me, right? Like, I went through all of college, right? Mm -hmm. Graduated, had a great job, and Mm -hmm. I hated it. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, okay, is this what life has to be like? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, it's like, I feel like we got to stop putting all this pre- all this pressure on kids to just go, go, go. Yeah. Because when you get to the end, that's the end. Yeah, because right? a lot of times we, we, we go to school and we try to please our parents, not ourselves, yeah. not knowing what we really want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And, like, I know I was talking to the last uh, guest we had. A lot of times you go to college, you get a four-year degree, and the only thing you come home with is a bill. Right. You know, that's you, real. And then you get a job, and you're not even really using your degree for anything. Yeah. I, I could talk to my uncle. He got a degree, and, you know, it's like, what what am I doing this shit for? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You, you got a degree for this, but you wind up working at Chrysler. Some junk, right? So you just got that that degree sitting at your grandma's house collecting dust. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, I agree. Like when I came out, I wasn't using my degree. I use my degree way more in my business mm-hmm. than I do than I did with my job when I was making six figures. So what's your what was your, what's your biggest takeaway from going to Hampton? Um, I guess I would say it's a few things. Mm-hmm. Number one, it was 
being able to be comfortable in yourself, being mm. a black woman mm. and having that ability to have strong black women around you mm. as your, you know, kind of source. That was number one. I think, you know, number two, it was learning like the art of the finesse. Like we I think that, you know, again, there's a lot of people who are saying like, yeah, being like you can be in black, you can do whatever like white people are doing and you can assimilate. And I don't think that's really what we should be teaching black people. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, use being black to your advantage. Don't assimilate, you know, don't. Again, these white people got tattoos down to their elbows, oh, bro. Yeah. Like, so, so don't change who you are to get into corporate America. You know, yeah. code switching really doesn't have to exist. And mm-hmm. so I think, um, you know, if I could kind of boil those two points up into one, I think it would be just, you know, being so strong in who you are as a black woman and your blackness gotcha. and allowing that to transcend who you think you have to assimilate to when you get when you get out oh yeah for sure so how big are these homecomings at these black Huge. schools because i've been here but i never been to one but yeah I hear, like people be 40 50 years old going back home for homecoming yes. yeah homecoming this homecoming at hampton was crazy i didn't go mm-hmm. because i was like oh well you know i'm working i'm busy i really should have went yeah, it was yeah. it was crazy like <laughs> i mean i don't know it's just like and, and I'm sure, like, state has its own, like, Michigan State or U of M has its own really, like, cool homecoming. But, like, mm. it's just, I don't know. It's, like, the vibe. Like, it's hard to explain. Like, yeah. if, I, if I can wrap up, like, a homecoming, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's something you got to experience. Yeah, and I yeah. tell, even, like, now, if you 30, 40, like, go with a friend that you know who mm. went to an HBCU, go. If yeah. you can hang out, if you can make moves, like, if you're agile, go because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just, it's just hard to explain. Yeah, I hear about it because I'm DJ Envy was talking about it because he mm-hmm. went, to, you know, he was talking about going back home and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I seen Grant. Jermaine Dupree and stuff. Everybody be talking about homecoming. I'm like, damn, how, what is this experience like? I want to see what it's about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's something you got to see. Like, some you can't explain it. You okay, gotta okay. You got to go see it. Okay. Now, um, you're done with college. Yes. What was life like after college? You said you came, did you came, come back home? Yep. So, came back, got a job right, right out of um, college. I was working at a consulting firm called Accenture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they're mainly, like, tech people. So, mm-hmm. um I had my first role in uh, middle of nowhere, Ohio. Okay. And worst experience in my life. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> so, like, um, graduating in 2016, as we know, that's when the election happened. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, anybody who's, like, political buffs, they know Ohio is a red state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, imagine, you know, being, being a black woman, you know, you just have, like, all this black girl magic, mm-hmm. just, like, black power coming out of college yeah. and you get placed in like literally one of the most racist places mm, exactly. you know so like you know and I was going through just a lot personally like I was you know like starting my natural hair journey mm. like just a lot of things that like introspectively you don't want to do yeah. in like a white dominated area yeah, you know what I'm saying like, yeah. right yeah yeah so like I was like just really struggling like with my own mental health and like mm. you know my self-worth while being the only woman on my team being the only black person on my team being mm. the only black person damn near in the city yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying in a in this small city mm, in yeah. Ohio where literally I'm seeing Trump, Trump banners every house oh yeah every that's, house, that's weird you house. say that because I was when I was staying in Texas I was in Plano. Oh, and I remember I yeah. ne- Plano is like the whitest city mm-hmm. in Texas. And I remember just never getting pulled over until I moved to Texas. I got pulled over every other day just because me being in that city. Right. And my son went to school. In my, in my brother community, it was two black families, his and another. 
Mm. So every time I got pulled over, like, what you doing here? Why are you here? Yeah. Asked me a thousand questions, ID, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Just because of my, you know, my right. complexion. I remember walking my son to school before I got a car when I first got down there. And I saw a group of white kids and they hiding behind a tree when I walked down the street. Mm -hmm. Every day they see me, they did yeah. that. So it's like, dang, they probably at home. Parents probably saying, like, if you see somebody black, hi. Right. Yeah, that's true. So you said you was you had a hard time dealing with that as far yeah. as, like. And then, like, you know, the, I think the election, like, happened on a Tuesday and I had to. You know, like I, I went and vote, voted in my precinct mm -hmm. and drove down to work. So I was watching the election happen, yeah. like literally by myself. And I think, you know, again, it's like, you know, maybe it's just me, but I didn't want to hear those results by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, of course, I have to wake up in the morning and go it's, to work and yeah. hear all these races talk about, oh, yeah, I can't believe Trump won. You know, yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. just like, you know, that coupled with like a lot of things that I was going with and going through mm -hmm. with internally mm -hmm. um, that just like really just didn't make it like a good situation for me. And like, luckily, that engagement was only like maybe six to eight weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, you know, and it was supposed to last way longer than that. Yeah, like yeah, they were yeah. they were trying to keep me on there for two years. And so you it was could, like, you wouldn't be able to deal with that correct. Long. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a real blessing. And then like after that, um, I ended up working at Dow, which mm -hmm. is in Midland, okay. Michigan. Um, and I mean, it was straight. I think I got like really pigeonholed into like a certain type of work that I was mm -hmm. great at. But I think again, like we all have things we're great at yeah. that we could do, but do we actually love it, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think you know, like kind of looking back at it, like yeah, I made bread, like that's great. Four hundred one k looking nice, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But like, um, <laughs> I, you know, I I just don't think that it was my passion, and I was just like kind of going with the flow, just because that's what I thought I was supposed to. Yeah, do. I think that's like an everyday thing that everybody struggles with. You know, you at work. You might be making the money that you want to make, but you hate it every day. Right, yeah. So it's like, it's, it, by the time you retire, you really have time to enjoy life because you just hate your job you went to every single day. Right. So it make it difficult. Cause I was telling somebody, like, hey, you, you taking all this overtime when I was working at Chrysler, but do you ever have time for yourself, your family, right. for your, you know, out, any other activities besides coming to the job every day? Mm -hmm. That would kill you. Right. So in between, I say you are, uh, you are the CEO and co-founder of Detroit Doe. Got yes. some dough right here. Yay. And uh, what was the process from what was the process to get to where you at now with Detroit though? Mm, a lot of it. Um, so we kind of came up with this. So number one, I have two other co-founders, Daniel and Victoria Washington. Daniel's my boyfriend um, okay. and Victoria is actually Daniel's sister. So it's okay. like this weird, like conjoined family thing. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I stumbled on this idea of edible cookie dough. There's a shop in New York called Dough, New York, New York City. Okay. Um, and I was, like, really impressed by it. Obviously, it's, like, cookie dough that they're scooping out, like, ice cream, mixins. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it was just, like, a cool concept. And, yeah. like, I love cookies. I love cookie dough. <laughs> like, I was just always one of those kids where it's, like, you know, mom could buy the break and bake. And mm -hmm. I was eating, like, half of them before <laughs> we could put it in the yeah, oven. Yeah, so yeah. I was, like, yo, like, this is, you know, that's such a cool idea. And mm -hmm. I was talking to Daniel about it. Um and, like, I was just like, ooh, like, somebody should name a Detroit Doe. You know, yeah, I'm just, yeah, like, coming yeah. up with ideas, just, like, throwing things out there. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, after that, you know, I think Daniel kind of took it. He was like, yo, like, that's a really cool idea. And so we started, you know, thinking about it. And he came back to me maybe, like, a month later and was like, you know, I think we should do it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, no. So he wasn't I, thinking about doing it. He was correct. just thinking about ideas. Not me at all. So, yeah. like, I, I was the type of person, like, no, I'm good. Like, again, I got this job. Mm. making decent money yeah. you know i'm not necessarily like the entrepreneurial entrepreneur type mm -hmm. and um you know he was like yeah i think we could do it and so the original idea was to be like a shop in yeah. detroit yeah and so um 
you know, we had kind of thought about this idea. So Daniel and Victoria, let, let me back up a bit. Daniel and Victoria live in Northwest Goldberg, Detroit. Okay. So if you're familiar with like West Grand Boulevard oh, area, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, where Motown Museum, yeah. the back of that is actually Northwest Goldberg, Detroit. It's, okay. Some people call it Zone 8. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously that neighborhood is so close to downtown, but it's the, yet, it's the last kind of frontier to be you know, see some of the development that's happening. Mm. And so, you know, Daniel being someone who lives in that neighborhood really, you know, loves and wants to see that neighborhood bounce back. He was yeah. like, hey, I think we should, you know, put this in this neighborhood. Mm. Obviously, that would have taken, taken a lot of work, but we were kind of down for it. Um, we did like a couple of pitch competitions. <coughs> Sorry. Mm. We did a couple of pitch competitions. Um, and, you know, we came up with a concept and we were like, yeah, that's dope. And so we did our first pop-up at um, in Midtown. Okay. And when I tell you, we sold like $7,000 in like a weekend. Oh, that's what's up. Which is like nuts. (laughs) Like we literally had, like we were in a pop-up or like a consignment shop really. And so you could see like a line outside of the the building Mm -hmm. onto the sidewalk (laughs) close to the street. So we were like. Oh shit! Yeah, like yeah, we yeah. got a, you know, we got a concept here. I know, I did. So, I mean, it, it had to be exciting just seeing right, that turn out, you know, yeah. for something that y'all just said y'all was exactly, start. yeah. So we, you know, we started doing a bunch of pop ups, and mm. um, you know, with every pop up, we just kind of saw like the sales dwindle and dwindle and dwindle, mm-hmm. and we were like, okay, well, what's happening here, yeah. right? Like, do is this actually really sustainable? Okay, yeah. Um. And so, like, honestly, I think, you know, looking back at it, I mean, could it be sustainable? Yes. But mm-hmm. I think there, there's a mix of things that had to be done. And um, <coughs> sorry, um, when you when you kind of get to the position where you don't see the sales coming in and you're like in some of the hottest areas in Detroit, yeah. you know, you're like, OK, well, what will make somebody come to Northwest Goldberg? Yeah, to you know, so stuff. you got abandoned houses down there every street, yeah, every yeah. every, you know, every other house. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, do you really think that we can convince people to come out there? Yeah. So, you know, through that, we were like, OK, well, we can either fold or we can either pivot and then like be a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to do the latter. Okay. And so for us, it was creating, um, like the next concessions product, like Dippin' Dots, right? Yeah. You know, you haven't, like Dippin' Dots is probably like the last creative concessions item yeah, yeah. that you had. And that was in like the nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, cool, edible cookie dough. So like from there, we just started to grow, um, had our first deal with Imagine. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, yeah, we did it. That's what's up. It, it failed, <laughs> and I mean, we could get into that. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, we kind of picked ourselves up off of our feet after we lost Imagine, and um, you know, now we're in a few places. We have a pop up going on in in downtown Detroit right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of great things kind of on the on the wings. Yeah, got so. University of Michigan. Yeah, and, yeah, that's what's yeah. up. So um, you said with the, with the failing and stuff, would you uh hesitant to start the company because I seen that you. Have, looking at your Instagram, you got mm-hmm. like a, a fear of success. Yeah. So was you hesitant to even start the company yes. just because? And then you saying like by the the sales dwindling, you thought about folding even then. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, there's a lot of fear when it comes to depending on yourself mm-hmm. to be the one mm-hmm. to bring that cash in and to make it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think if it was just me, like if I didn't have my two co-founders, I it wouldn't have been done oh, yeah. at all. Um, but I, you know, Daniel. One thing I really applaud him for is he's just he's just he leans into risk. Yeah. Like he's just one person that's like I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna go with it. I'm 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 gonna fall on my ass 
that's okay, oh, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, and I think that's, you know, he and I, you know, with Victoria, I think we create, like, this good yin and yang mm -hmm. where, you know, I think we push in the right direction with yeah. the right type of risk at the right time to make it happen. You know what mm. I'm saying? So I think, um, yeah, if it were to just me, to just be me, yes, I'm like very scared. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you know, again, the unknown. I mean, like, yeah, it's just, it, it takes a lot out of you to yeah. build up the courage to actually yeah. do it. And then, you know, what if you build up all this courage and it fails, yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, you say being scared of, uh, of folding and or being unsuccessful is it also a fear of having success too and and holding that holding oh, success yeah. yeah yeah for sure i mean again like we we landed imagine off of like a twitter dm yeah. like nuts we were three months into like actually like developing and making a product like i mean we were so baby so it's like you know you see that much success and rightfully so everything that goes up must yeah, come down right sure, yeah, um and so like the, yes like there's this huge fear of getting it and it's like damn what do we do with it now i mean yeah, imagine yeah. it's like our most prime you know example like we got the pinnacle of probably all of the movie theaters that are based in michigan mm -hmm. yeah cause i know you said y'all was number two behind popcorn right yes so y'all still in movie theaters or just yeah so we're still in mjr mm -hmm. mjr theaters um we're probably we're, we're not doing as well as we were in imagine mm -hmm. imagine is just like a different beast and i think yeah. you know again there i think it's the same right like burger king is not the same as mcdonald's yeah, exactly. yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying so like we were i think we're still doing pretty good in mjr it's just not like next to popcorn you yeah, know yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. at, at imagine okay now you say you um you you started this with your uh boyfriend and mm -hmm. his sister how is that working with your uh your your, your relationship? relationship with yeah because i tough. can uh, i can imagine i have a fiance like i wonder can we coexist? congratulations thank you thank you uh coexist working together and being home together like is it ever like, damn, I need a break? Or yes, like, <laughs> yes. Like, how, how stressful is that? Or, like, can it be stressful at times? Yes, it's very stressful. Um, You know, I think, like, one thing we're, we're trying to battle and balance mm -hmm. is, like, how do we create spaces for us and intimacy outside of the business, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, we were just having a conversation, and he was like, you know, every time you come over to my house, it's like you're always on your phone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm coming over for business, number yeah. one, and even if we switch over to business, it's like you you are the business, so sometimes I need to decompress and scroll on the timeline, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So, And it's like, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, maybe – him thinking that us being together mm -hmm. was our time to have like our relationship time mm -hmm. and not necessarily like something else. So I think that there's like we we're still like trying to figure out how do we create time that's mm -hmm. just us yeah. and how do we separate Detroit Doe from yeah. our relationship? Because yeah, again, yeah, yeah the lines are so blurred. And again, it's like, you know, it's going to work. It's, it's OK for now. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be okay forever, yeah. you know. So I think that's still something we're working on. Okay, okay. And do you guys like? Do I ever like? Y'all ever had tension like that? Like it's just messing y'all up at oh, home yeah. from the company. Like, oh yeah. This ain't going right, and y'all at home not talking and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause that'll be my fear as far as like going to into business with somebody I'm with. It's like I'm thinking crazy. What if we break up? Do we still keep this company mm -hmm. together? Like yeah. stuff like that be kind of yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It's scary because again, it's like you know. <laughs> he decided to do something you know he decided yeah. to go out here and have his fun and i'm yeah. like okay well we got this business together yeah, you know yeah, yeah. um so I, it's difficult because <laughs> I, I think too it's like this is still just like a very um 
difficult point for us at this point too. Mm. So it's like I I don't even know if I have advice for anybody yeah, in yeah, this yeah. situation. Um, you know, because again, for me, I feel like if we do break up, this business still got to go. I, well, for me, it's like if we break up, is this is this business even gonna stand as it is, right? Yeah, because yeah. again, it's like if I break up, I go my separate way. I really don't know if I can do this business together. Yeah, yeah. For for his perspective, you know, he thinks it can. So yeah. it's like I, we're still trying to figure it out. You well, know, hopefully, God I don't have to go through a breakup. <laughs> yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. So, um, I know right now you're not working, but how was it when? you was balancing your work life with your company. Like, how tough is that to do? Yeah, it was really difficult. So, um, because I was a consultant, mm. I worked up in Midland, like, every other week. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, not only was I not able to be there locally, like, I couldn't, like, do my 5 to 9, right? Like, yeah. you got your 9 to 5 and your 5 to 9. I couldn't even do the 5 to 9 because I was up in Midland. Yeah. So, um it was definitely difficult. Um, I, you know, again, you know, my two business partners definitely picked up the slack. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like it's just a lot you don't know when you're not there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we still, you know, produce and pack our own dough. So mm -hmm. every cup you see like that, like we're making it ourselves. Okay. So it's like if I'm not there, I can't pack dough. Yeah. <laughs> you know. What so I'm do saying? you feel like by you being up there when you was working that you wasn't putting it as much as you could in the company? Oh yeah. Like how oh yeah, for sure. Your boyfriend's sister was the, his sister was doing right. Yeah, for sure. I oh. do. I I definitely think I couldn't have picked up enough slack, mm -hmm. and I think that's why there was you know this really big push for myself and for the team for me to take a step back from work because again it's like you do you know it's 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 difficult when mm -hmm. you can't be there. Yeah. Um, and you really, you really can't be in the trenches when you're physically not there. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? So, uh, what? Because everybody always talk about, you know, quit your job, go deep dive into something that you love. Mm -hmm. What was like the last straw? Like, you know what? I'm done with this work life. I'm just gonna go full into this business. Right. Mm, like, I was think it, it was... a day or just like a, a moment or? Hmm, that's a great question. I don't know if it was like a specific moment. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, when I kind of realized that the work I was doing, they could like, so again, work for a consulting company. I was doing like work to almost like, you know how like consultants are supposed to give you like this great, you know, solution and they're supposed to run with it with the sun, right? Mm -hmm. I was really like the guy who was on the boat making sure the boat stayed afloat, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like patching up little stuff. I was just, like, fixing stuff from time to time. Like, I was just really, like, a grunt worker there. Mm -hmm. And, like, when I realized, like, yo, like, it's probably a thousand other people doing the same job, like, yeah, patching yeah. up the boat. Like, am, am I really, like, that valuable? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, 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 am I really, like, providing that much value? And, I, and, again, it was, like, I was patching up a tiny thing on this tiny area mm -hmm. in this little boat to make up the big boat yeah. like i wasn't even like really affecting like profit and loss so yeah. i was just like well is this like can i really do this for the rest of my life can yeah. i really be this small yeah, yeah. um and i think from from there that kind of like manifested into me saying like i don't i think that there's something that i could do to make me feel like i have more value yeah you know yeah. and then you just want something that, that you enjoy doing like you don't want mm -hmm. to work like just being depressed all the time as Correct. far as Oh, I got to go in like, damn, or oh, waiting for the weekends and stuff right, like that. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So tough. um, we got Detroit Demo Day. Yes. How exciting was that? You, you guys came in second place, right? Yes. So you won uh, 225000 Yes. Like, how was that? How was that whole thing? 
Um, so, I never heard of Detroit Demo Day. Yeah, so yeah, so Detroit Demo Day is a pitch competition put on through Quicken Loans. Mm-hmm. Um, it is probably one of the biggest pitch competitions, probably in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you get to Demo Day, you make it to the pinnacle. Okay. And so you know Detroit Doe, we applied last year, didn't get in. We kind of assumed like, yo, we was probably too small, whatever. Yeah. I mean, at that time, what we were like six months in, seven months in, so mm-hmm. we were like, ah, we're too small. So, like, when this year when we were applying, you know, for me, I was like, you know, maybe we still might not make it. I yeah. mean, who knows? You know, <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, and so the, the way that Detroit Demo Day kind of like runs the process, it's all very fast. I mm-hmm. mean, you hear back in like three weeks, okay. and then three weeks later, you got to pitch, okay. or I'm, yeah, so like. Probably you have more lead time between, like, when they're deciding the teams. But, I mean, you hear in, like, literally weeks before you mm-hmm. got a pitch. Okay. So, we heard back, and we were like, oh, shit, we're in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and they only give you a minute and a half to pitch. Okay. So, from there, you had literally, like, pitch practices maybe twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, like, you know, I luckily I ended up finding, like, a pitch coach. Um, again, I have a really strong team, so mm-hmm. we were able to like really prepare for that. But I mean, the the whole process honestly was just like it went by very fast yeah. and it was very nerve wracking. Like mm-hmm. I just remember like sitting up in my room, like damn, I need a glass of wine because yeah. I'm stressed. Like I don't know if I can do it. So how many companies was in this in this? Um, yeah. In this? So we had I think six, five or six per category. Okay. And so we were in the growth category. Mm-hmm. Um, so in total about 15 teams, I think 15 teams, I think it was five okay. per each or maybe six. I can't remember, mm. but for sure 15 or more. Okay. Um, so out of an applicant, out of a pool of like maybe 500. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when you get dwindled down to that much, you yeah. almost have this like imposter syndrome. Like, damn, do I, <laughs> like, am I supposed to be here? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like again, black company, you know, kind of stumbled into the success. We mm-hmm. really you know grounded grinded our asses off yeah. all of 2018 like yeah, do we yeah. really like is this really a position for us and mm-hmm. so um yeah it's nuts that's what's up that's what's yeah. up so um, <clears throat> w- um um another thing that i wanted to ask you because I, I did a lot of research because like i said i was really yeah. uh in straight and in, 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 what the hell is the word <laughs> intrigue <laughs> yeah, intrigue yeah and, and, and a young a young black lady that mm-hmm. you know saying quit their job and doing their own little thing. So um, I know you've been in business for two years. Yeah. How have the business grown since day one to now? Yeah, so um, definitely a lot of money mm-hmm. flowing through. Yeah, yeah. Um, always a positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so weird because, again, it's like I, I feel like I'm so close to it. Mm. I'm not necessarily sure how much I've seen us grow. I think, again, we have more accounts. Yeah. I think a lot of people understand our product more. Mm. You know, when you talk about edible cookie dough, a lot of people... I get like easily five main questions. Is it ice cream? It's yeah. not ice cream. Is it cookie dough ice cream? It's not ice cream, right? <laughs> um, is it edibles? It's not edibles. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like I, I get like all of these main questions and like I feel like now two years, you know, from us starting, mm-hmm. we have more people who understand what our product is. Yeah. And I feel like that comes with a lot of refining and refining how we market and message it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more than anything, I get more people now coming in the door who say, oh, that's cookie dough. Yeah. Oh, that's edible dough or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, we still get people who ask ice cream like literally today <laughs> but um that's fine mm-hmm. um i think in terms of growth i feel like we have a better understanding of where we could go yeah 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 and again i you know i preface it with you know 
when you have tunnel vision about your business, it mm. will get derailed real quick. Yeah. I mean, again, we thought we were going to be a brick and mortar shop. Mm. We are not a brick and mortar shop yeah. and we will probably not have that for a while. Mm. But I think that now we're in this position to say, hey, there's like three or four areas that we can see ourselves going in. Mm. We're going to let this business evolve as it does. Mm. And we're going to be comfortable with what we what it goes to because yeah. we already kind of envision this happening mm. too, you know? I said, I know you say something about your team. How many people are actually on your team as far as three? The, three? Oh, three. Just, you, yes. We are the up, only though. people <laughs> marketing, packing, producing, you know, distributing. Daniel is hopping up in a truck. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I see you post a lot and stuff like that as far Correct. as y'all go to um well, y'all, y'all downtown, right? Yeah. Pop up shops downtown. Uh huh. Yep. And, so we're um, working it. Yeah, so do y'all just like y'all got certain areas <laughs> y'all y'all go to or it just depends on yeah, what's going so, on? Yeah, so I mean it, it it varies some days, but I know like for sure. Saturdays, I'm I'm there from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. and that's a long day for anybody. That's mm-hmm. an 11 hour shift, but yeah. you know I know that's going to be my day. Um, you know we produce on certain days, and so we're all trying to figure out how we get into the kitchen. Mm-hmm. On top of like our own lives, you know Daniel has a nonprofit. I'm coaching. You know yeah. I'm really big, uh, active in my sorority, and then Victoria, she has like a three year old. So okay. it's like, we, you know, we, we try our best to like give each other the opportunity to do our own thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's always important to do yeah. it. Yeah, Cause like I said, I got a fiance, I got kids, I coach basketball. Yeah. I try to do the podcast thing. I got clothing line I'm thinking about doing. So it's like, I'm, I've got my hands in everything. It's just like, you got to find time for each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that could be a hard part too. Like you said, sometimes my fiance like, damn, you coaching every day. Yeah. I go right from work to the gym so I'm not at home until like 7 o'clock every day Monday through right. Friday yeah. and then I do this on Sunday mm-hmm. so you gotta really make that time cause time is everything for real Right. so what do you wanna see like what do you wanna accomplish with Detroit though is there anything that you wanna you know accomplish with this or you, you got some futures in the, I mean goals in the future with yeah. Detroit though I would love for us to at least like first step expand to a Midwest company okay. like if if I could see Detroit though in the Midwest, mm. Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, I think it's as, what, west mm-hmm. is North Dakota? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if I could see us kind of, like, in this mid- this Midwest company, um, I think I would be, like, really pleased with mm-hmm. what we do. Um, because I think I think we have the branding to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that we have the chops to do it. Yeah. So, like, I, I would love to see that happen. Um, I would also love to see us kind of expanding into retail again. Like, mm-hmm. if there's going to be a shop, how do we do it? Yeah, that's what I was say. Do you guys want a shop, like, different states, different cities? I mean, yeah, it's an option for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying that, Like, you see, know, y'all still young, two right, years in. Like, yeah. even with this, that's an accomplishment right there. Correct, so. correct. So, I mean, I think that would be cool. And, again, it's like, I don't think that that's our goal per se but i think that it's something on the horizon if the opportunity opens for us we'll definitely do it yeah 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 so um <coughs> are you like do you have any other business ideas or are you just totally into the trade dough period oh uh, i feel like i have a different business idea every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we all do yeah it. um I, yeah i don't know i mean Again, I think that I'm focused on Detroit Doe solely. If it's something that pops up out of nowhere that's like, this could be bigger than Detroit Doe, I'll definitely take it. Okay, cool, cool. Now, I was reading, like I said, I was doing a lot of uh, 
uh, lurking on your page, looking yeah. at different things for questions and stuff. So I, I ran past a post that you was talking about uh, therapy, and then you was talking about mental health and stuff like yeah. that. What now? Did did you uh, um, go to therapy? Yes. What made I still you go start? To what, what what made you start going to therapy? And like, what was the breaking point? Like, you know, I might need to do this. Yeah. So um, actually, Daniel and I were going to couples therapy. Okay. Because of you know communication issues, and then of course like our business and our relationship are, to, are so intertwined. We just mm-hmm. needed skills to cope Mm -hmm. and um you know i knew i know i needed i knew i needed therapy but i didn't know when or how or where or why or whatever Mm -hmm. um so just kind of through our like joint couples therapy um i ended up going to solo sessions on my own okay and so i still go to therapy daniel and i stopped like maybe a few months ago but i still go to therapy yeah 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 and i think you know it's probably one of the most beneficial things i think you know it show it shows a lot about you yeah, that you yeah. need to uncover and yeah. like you know one of the things I'm battling with now is like do I even want to tell my therapist yeah. this <laughs> right because it's like a, a whole nother layer of things that like you arguably don't want anybody to know about yeah. yourself and yeah. so like you know peeling back the layers I mean again like you know I've seen a lot of growth in myself but there's so much more I have to do so mm. yeah I yeah. think therapy as far as like in the black, black community is like it's like damn that's not a cool thing to do or nothing like that like yeah and a lot of people need that like I know uh, my, me and my little brother um, our mother passed away at a young age so mm-hmm. it's like sometimes you know you see people on social media crying out for help like they need that, that, that person to talk to right. and sometimes social media be a wrong thing to you know <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> to cry on yeah. and stuff like that so do you think like and I think with Charlamagne, he kind of made therapy kind of cool because he right. talked about it all the time. Correct. So do you think that it could be a cool thing to do? Like, or do you like things people should, you know, start attending therapy more? Right. I think people should go to therapy because I think it's important for them specifically. I yeah. don't think it has to be cool for people to. Or like, do we have fix- to make it cool for it? Hmm. Somebody want to come yeah. go to therapy, like, because, like I said, black people. You know, when you're a little kid, and, like, it's like we always try to throw something on top of hurt right you know even when you hurt oh just take that you'll be okay right do we have to make it cool yeah. to go to therapy yeah i think that's a tough question because i i feel like i don't want to, people to go to therapy in vain because mm-hmm. i feel like therapy is difficult yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying like and more than anything you know when we talk about you know generational curses mm-hmm. Things can't, you know, you just can't break it just by saying I'm going to break a generational curse. There's so much that has to go on in therapy has to be a big part of it. So it's like I struggle with that because I I really don't want people to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit up in a therapist chair, waste my time, money, energy Mm. to just say I went to therapy. Right. You know, Um so yeah, I'm gonna have to noodle on that. I don't okay. know. And then like, cause my um, she's a pre a pre K teacher. Yeah. So I think like I said, that's why I say a lot of times mothers and fathers and just people in general have time have a difficult time dealing with things. Like if she tell a kid a, a parent that their kid may need extra attention, mm-hmm. parents pissed off about that. Correct. That's a sign of mental health and stuff like that. Right. So it's like we I just think black people really don't 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 really don't really don't really like embrace that like okay i need my, my kid needs help right and stuff like that like she was telling her um her cousin about her son he's constantly in trouble the only fifth grader gets suspended three times i mean 
kindergarten that's yeah. five years old gets suspended three times yeah like he needs some extra attention we always kind of like push that to the side like right. no we don't need that or just do this right but I, I think too it's the it's the issue of black people assuming that family can fix everything and god can fix everything mm-hmm. right and i you know i don't i don't think that you know <laughs> that's true <we> can, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're gonna trust with everything right, right. or or we gonna keep it in the family you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah, and yeah. it's and it's like you know not to say that god can't do everything right but faith without works is dead, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's it's, it. He says that in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So how can we say that we're gonna go to God for all of our issues and, our, and for our source and for everything mm-hmm. when, when we're not gonna do the legwork to meet Him halfway? Exactly. I hate when people say, "Oh, God got this." What are you doing though? Like, right. Just exactly. To, just say, exactly. "Okay, come here, man." Like you just sitting on the couch, just chilling. Like God's not gonna help you just while you chilling on the couch. You gotta put the groundwork in, like you said. Exactly. And I think again, it's like we have to come to a point where we believe faith is meeting God or not faith, but, um, therapy is meeting God halfway. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, again, that's going to, it's going to take a lot of groundwork to do mm-hmm. because again, like these white kids going to therapy yeah, yeah, yeah. for way, for way less, way, way less issues, way less generational curses that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And these people are going to therapy and fixing their life. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, black people, I'm not, I'm not saying that white people aren't the only ones who go to therapy, yeah. whatever, whatever. But, I'm just saying that there's, I think there's real power in going to therapy and having someone who's licensed mm-hmm. to break down all of those things that are keeping you, you know, yeah. bound. And that's what I'm going to say. Is it easier talking to a therapist than talking to a friend or a family member <clears throat> or somebody no. you're in relationship with? No. Because <laughs> you know what they'll do? Mm-hmm. My therapist will be like, hmm, you're saying all of this. So what do you think this means? Yeah. And now you have to take a step back. Yeah. And explain all of that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Because there's definitely times where I'm talking to my therapist and I'm like, damn, I sound like a bitch, right? <laughs> like, I sound like an idiot. Yeah. Like, I don't know what we were talking about, but I was like, damn, like, I, this sounds dumb. And yeah. like, you you have to kind of like get to that point with your therapist and more than anything, your therapist is going to help you to yeah. resolve some things with yourself mm. through talking that you're not going to get with a friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. I, those are tough conversations that... I feel like a lot of people are not um, equipped to really have, mm-hmm. and it it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. So you know, usually you see couples go to therapy when they're on the verge of getting married and stuff like that. What mm-hmm. made you, what made you guys do that just off of the strength of being boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we both have a lot of personal things that we're dealing with that mm-hmm. stop us from um, being able to communicate and love each other effectively. Mm-hmm. And I think to um, like there's there's just a lot of um, you know personal things like for, like for example you know he and i we dated while we were in college and then we broke up mm. there's a lot of stuff that we haven't talked about in terms of why we broke up and yeah, why it didn't stuff work that might be invo- the stuff he might have been doing between time right right or even him. or even what i was doing yeah, right exactly, yeah. things that you know we said we forgive each other on but we really didn't yeah. right um and i think more than anything it got to a point where you know we weren't gonna last it, like as a couple, mm. but more importantly, our business was, you know, kind of in the balance of our relationship. Yeah. And like, you know, I do, I believe that he's my husband. Right. So it's like, I feel like we got to do the work to yeah. make it work, yeah, you know? Sure, and again, yeah. it's like, I don't, I don't think that, I think that it, it was what I needed for us to be in a better relationship. Mm. But I think going forward, we're not done with our therapy journey. I still think, you know, there still has to be premarital counseling. Mm. Um, and a lot of people do. Like, they go to premarital counseling to check off a box. Yeah. When there's really things that y'all need to be working through. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. when you are 
seven years in a marriage, you know, mm. and y'all are contemplating divorce. Mm. These are things that you could have talked about yeah, yeah, before yeah. they have festered. Yeah, because a lot you know? of times I know with my, uh, with my homeboy, they was in a relationship for eight years, him and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Eight years, that's a long time. And as soon as they got married, he was like, she just turned to a different person. <laughs> like, yeah. everything was good because she just expected so much from him. Mm -hmm. It's like, once you say, I do, okay, I want this, I want that. Right. And he's like, hold on, you got to slow down. Like, And it just kind of like, broke their whole relationship up I, it was marriage so mm -hmm. marriage could be scary i mean i'm thinking about that all the time like dang i hope everything stay the same i know right. things going you're gonna have arguments you're gonna have difficulties in relationships as far as the money you guys make and stuff like that mm -hmm. and that's why i was just i wasn't planning on this being like a relationship topic <laughs> between yeah. me and you but the last girl that was on the show she, i asked her do a guy need to make a certain amount of money to talk to her mm -hmm. and she said yeah so I'm like, it's kind of some bullshit a little bit because yeah. it just depends on if the guy has goals. If I had go, if I have goals and stuff, but I might not have the job that the next guy have. Mm -hmm. Don't shoot me down because I'm not, you know, what I'm saying making right. money right now. Like, let me let me get my stuff together. But yeah. if you see you're being in a relationship and I'm not doing shit, then you know, right? All right well, we don't need to be in a relationship together. How do you feel about that? Like, just might really make a certain amount of money to talk to you. I feel like that's a very loaded question because I feel like. Again, like what you said, a man with goals, ambition, all of these things mm. are not going to be broke. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, even like when Daniel and I uh, first got back together, you know, like he wasn't making nearly as much money as me. But yeah. I I think that his ambition and, you know, the way that he carry, carries himself, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that with me, without me, whatever, that man's going to be a millionaire. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure, that man's yeah. going to be worth something, you know, and that and I think that. You know, that is what attracts me to him more than anything. <clears throat> I think that, you know, what we as women have to stop doing is falling falling in love with people who have potential. Yeah. There's a lot of people who have potential, mm -hmm. but they're never going to make it into real life. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I could see a lot. Oh, I think you're going to be such a great guy. I could see I could see it for you, mm -hmm. but they're not doing it for themselves. Yeah, and I yeah, think we yeah. have to take people <laughs> at face value yeah. and say, hey, if you're not going to take all of that ambition and put it into you making a million dollars and really you don't really have it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And yeah. I, um, I, I, that in that case, I could see why she says, yes, he has to make a certain amount of money because mm -hmm. again, there's this understanding and this expectation with, you know, if this man had the ambition, he would have the money. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, that's why I say it's loaded. Okay. Okay. And what about like 50, 50, like mm -hmm. as far as like a 50, 50 relationship, are you okay with that, or like, do you feel like the guy? Because I I don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen that um that video it went viral yeah. with the father said he pays for everything his wife don't pay any bill at all. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like fifty fifty relationships. Mm. It depends. It depends on what value you're placing on the fifty percent. Mm -hmm. Because again, like, a lot of people say that like you know taking care of kids and taking care of the home is not really that valuable. Mm -hmm. And arguably the one, the woman in this case, not to place gender roles, but yeah. could say, you know, you going to work pushing paper nine yeah. to five and then coming back home ain't really that hard of work. So mm -hmm. I feel like, um, there's, there's a lot of things that we as couples, especially in, in 2019 about to be 2020, yeah. we need to place value on what is it that adds up to that 50 true 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 because a lot of women be like oh yeah go make that money do this but then you come home like okay well shit have the, right, the clothes folded yeah. have the bacon and the right. like we can go back to that old 1970 <coughs> mindset of i make the money and you take care of the household but 
you know, you got women that don't even do that, don't know how to make a sandwich. Let right. <laughs> and, and again, like, I'm, I'm the type of person, I, I hate cleaning. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like, and, and I think, um, you know, we're at this point now where I don't think that a 1970s, 50s, whatever relationship mm. works for people now. Mm. So again, we have to redefine mm. what it is our 50-50 is. Because yeah. again, I can go out to, you know, get a six-figure job, whatever, mm. you know, what is going to be my 50? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think it's just different. And um, I think it can work. But I feel like you got to be real honest about the roles. Yeah, I think it's just about helping want. each other out. When I say yeah. 50, 50, you don't have to. I mean, yeah, it could be about money. It could be about you get this bill, that bill. But 50, 50 is just a team. Like, yeah. can I depend on you if I fall off and vice versa? Mm -hmm. You know, because I remember, like, it was the summer that. You know, she wasn't working. Okay, bet. I'll take over. It mm -hmm. was a point that I was down on luck and stuff. she take over. Stuff right. like that. Like, it could be little things. If my car break down, can I drive your car? You right, know, be, yeah. It's little stuff like that that I say is a 50-50 relationship. It's not always about money. It's just about, do you have my back for real? Right. Like, are we in this together? Because it's like a basketball team. If you got five out there and two of them is engaged and three of them is on bullshit, then it's not working. Right. You know? I agree. And that's how I, I feel about relationships. So, I remember you saying... um, your boyfriend saying you got too much time on your phone and stuff. Yeah. Can that mess up a relationship? Because sometimes if we watch a movie, I'm like, damn, can you get off your phone and watch this movie and stop asking questions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it can. I think mm. it can. And I feel like there has, uh, social media to me can be a lot of things for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there's people who use social media as this outlet to kill time mm -hmm. there's people who use social media to boost their self-esteem mm -hmm. there's people yeah, who sure use you know social media to uh, to look down on themselves too yeah, you know yeah. like there, there's a lot of people who use social media for a lot of things and mm -hmm. i think that um we can't i feel like it's an apples and oranges conversation when you say you know can being on social media really ruin a relationship right because again i might place value on social media different than somebody else exactly. right? Yeah, that's right so that's like true. for example if we both believe that social media is just a pastime mm -hmm. okay you're passing time on social media just might not be at the same time i do right <laughs> yeah. so like how can you really say it's killing the relationship maybe y'all have to figure out okay when we're here it's phones down yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. um but like if there's someone who is using social media for clout, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm posting all of these, you know, scantily clad photos so I could get niggas to comment on my picture and say I'm cute because I don't have any self-esteem, whatever, whatever, yeah, and yeah. I need that. A lot of people do, too. <laughs> right. Like, you know, this is the value that I put on social media. You don't put it on social media. So, like, it's apples to oranges now. Like, how can you really tell that person you're too, you're too much on their phone, da-da-da-da, because mm -hmm. you don't understand that value. Yeah. And again, that... Now we're having a whole different conversation about pulling back the layers of things like now nah, that person might need to go to therapy, yeah. right? Because yeah. they need to like figure out why social media feeds them so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes like you can't, you see people, they can't put their phone down for two minutes, right? Refreshing Facebook and see what happened. Or if you see an argument, you on there all day, like it's a movie. Like, what she say? What he say? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Like that is crazy. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like, you know, I feel because of my position you know, a lot of my friends are not in the same position as me, right? Like, mm. they don't own a business. They're not working 24-7 like I am. Mm. You know, I live at home, you know, in Michigan. Like, yeah. this is hometown for me. A lot of them are li out here living their best life, right? Mm. So, for me, 
social media is that opportunity to feel connected to those people yeah. and to say, hey, at, at minimum, we not we might not live the same life, right? Mm. But I definitely know what people are talking about on social, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. like we could have that commonality with yeah, that. Yeah. And to me, that's like the great equalizer for a lot of the people who I'm connected with, right? Mm. For Daniel, it's not the same. A lot of his friends are not on social. So it's like we have two different values of mm. it. Um, and I think, again, it's like we have to kind of figure out what is tolerable for the both of us. And again, mm. I'm not I'm not going to say like, oh, you don't understand me. So you don't, you know, yeah. you shouldn't allow, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I think that there's value mm. on this stuff. It just depends on how you use it. Like, yeah. even like me meeting you is through social media and me right. searching. Like, oh, she got a business. That's what's up. Let me see if she can come on and talk and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It depends on how you use it. Like. A lot of people post a lot of negative stuff, and yeah. it's be a whole bunch of bullcrap. And like you said, they can mess you up as far as you looking at everybody. Damn, they doing this, they doing that, and I'm I'm in this situation, mm -hmm. this position. Like it, it mess with your mind and stuff right. like that. Yeah. And like even with my son, I make it so he got to put his phone down when we eat dinner. Just like how mm -hmm. when I grew up, me, my mom, my dad, my brother, we sat at the table, talk about each other's days and stuff like that. Ate dinner. Now I'm seeing. He got his plate right here, but he got the phone right there. Yeah. Like, put the phone down, bro. Just put it in your room. Bro. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, like, I challenge myself sometimes, like, if I could put the phone down for an hour and just watch TV, read something, mm -hmm. or just think. Like, yeah. Like, it's funny. I tell, I tell my uncle this before. Like, your best thoughts to me is on the toilet. Because mm -hmm. you, <laughs> you by yourself, and some people bring their phone. I, I right. bring my phone in there, but it's like, when you're just sitting there thinking, like, that's some of your best, you come up with your best you know concepts your best ideas right on the toilet in the shower yeah for sure <laughs> but I, I think too it's like you know and maybe this is more of a conversation of creating safe spaces for people to be by themselves mm -hmm. you know again like social makes you feel very disconnected but yet connected at the same time mm -hmm. and maybe it is having this conversation about when do you have time for yourself yeah, yeah. and if social is being the one thing that's keeping you so disconnected from yourself that mm. you really can't stand the thought of being by yourself for yeah. 15 minutes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's an issue, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like it's a lot. It's, it's such a loaded question. And it's funny you say that by being by yourself. Some people can't even be by yourself even in regards to relationships. Right. Like, they always got to be in the relationship. Right. Or they feel like, oh, man, it's like... Because, you know, some people got to make a move every five seconds. I like being home sometimes. Like, right. If my fiance gone, my son's gone, I'm like, oh, man, hell yeah. I get to yeah. <laughs> sit there, watch TV, you know, just sit there with nobody in my way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's funny, man. So you social media is, is no is no killer for you, relationship-wise. It's just something, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, there's sometimes where Daniel's like, I feel like you're on social more yeah. than me. But I feel like, again, there's this lack of understanding between yeah. like what social again yeah when are you on there when am i on correct. there like yeah <laughs> and again it's like i can respect if you're like hey when we're together you know if we say phones down it's phones down and mm. i think too it's like it's a lot of it's communication right yeah. um if he's not going if he's not willing to communicate that to me i can't i don't know what i don't know right yeah, yeah. and so you could be frustrated and not tell me and i'm like damn what's going on you yeah. know so i think um you know, it's, I think it's meeting people where they're at and saying, like, and giving people what you need and saying, hey, this is what I'm asking for. If you can do it, mm -hmm. do it. If you can't, that's not working. And then with the, with the phone, you can't even, like, 
it, nowadays you can't even enjoy the moment of yeah. something. Like you gotta, oh shit, me hurry and put my phone right. out. Like yeah. you can't even enjoy the moment. Like damn, I remember that. Like right. you know, without yeah. hurrying, a fight going or you you somewhere you out to eat. If you go out to eat, it'd be funny or a movie. Just seeing how many phones are lit up, yeah, or how many phones are being used while you waiting for your your meal. Mm -hmm. Like it's never that time to actually enjoy each other, right. like that, or enjoy the moment. Just say, hey, I remember that yeah. without having to pull your phone out and record the moment. Exactly. Like that. That's sometimes that that pisses me off sometimes. Right. Like, come yeah. on, put, put your damn phone down, please. Right. I got girls on my team. I make them put their phone. Uh, by, by my coat when I come in, in the gym mm -hmm. they are practicing with their phone in the pocket I'm like take your come on man that's why we yeah. losing games right yeah <laughs> so what type of advice would you give somebody as far as like starting a business and like mm -hmm. if, they, if they're afraid to start a business or just don't know how <coughs> um advice so I would say number one if you're if you're afraid to do it alone mm -hmm. find a team okay and the reason why I say that is because it's very easy to, you know, kind of like talk yourself out of something mm -hmm. when it's just you and you alone, mm -hmm. right? I mean, when you have when you have other people who are equally invested mm -hmm. as you, yeah. it makes it way easier to say we could go at it as a team versus doing it by myself. And mm -hmm. um, there's this uh, African proverb that says, you know. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, I completely believe that. I mm -hmm. believe that, you know, teamwork oftentimes gets you to a better result than what you can do mm -hmm. by yourself. So I would say that, number one. Number two, um, a lot of businesses and things are started not perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think somebody, you know, posted about this. You know, Disney Plus, when Disney Plus launched, they had so many bugs on it. Like, yeah. I mean, like, you could barely, like, watch a show without, <laughs> like, a bug happening, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, somebody was like, you know, you see Disney Plus with all of their bugs on their platforms. It doesn't have to be perfect, mm -hmm. right? They're going to, you know, reiterate and, and edit as time goes on, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. So, take that approach. Throw something out there. If it's not perfect, you have now people who are going to give you feedback to make it perfect, mm -hmm. right? So, like, you know, take that opportunity to just explore things do things one at a time throw it out there hear about it don't be afraid to fail which is still something that i'm trying to learn yeah, myself yeah, like me too, me too. don't <laughs> yeah don't be afraid to fail because again that failure sometimes bursts something else that's more perfect you know yeah, what i'm saying so yeah, yeah okay and um i know you say the whole little natural thing what made yeah. you go natural like no makeup no no nothing huh uh i mean i do wear makeup okay yeah so, just, so you, you go, yeah, you're gonna catch me with some lashes <laughs> you know just yeah, not yeah. today um so my mom um when i was a freshman or not a freshman mm -hmm. when i was a junior in high school she she got cancer mm -hmm. um so she had breast cancer obviously went through chemo had no hair okay um and my mom decided that she wasn't gonna get a relaxer anymore yeah um and so at the time i was still getting relaxers still getting weaves or whatever mm -hmm. and so like my mom's hair now is just like so beautiful yeah like yeah. just really beautiful curls she dyes it blonde so mm -hmm. it's like you know it's just like it was just really beautiful and mm -hmm. so like you know I was looking at my mom and I was like yeah like my mom's hair is so pretty and I was just like really tired of like wearing weave and like taking care of my hair from that and so you know like after a while I just kind of found myself like just appreciating my curls more mm -hmm. um and I decided like I think right after college I was like yeah I'm not I'm just you know not gonna get another yeah. weave anymore yeah, let's yeah, see yeah. how this goes yeah. um and so it's been a process i mean you know my hair is definitely like i cut it earlier this year it's grown back so mm. i'm i'm definitely appreciating just how, what my hair does naturally yeah. um and i think too like more than anything it's like how can i tell my future daughter 
you know, to love her curls or love herself when yeah. I was overly manufacturing myself and I didn't like myself without weave. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, for me, it's like, I think that it, it was it was at that time where I was like, you know, I need to kind of take a step back in order for me to be the best role model yeah. for young women, young sure. girls, whatever, yeah. my children, yeah, my future yeah. children, hopefully, you know. Yeah, because that's how my fiance, she was going through that, trying to, you know, stay away from the heat, stay away from the sewings and stuff like right. that. Right. And she said it's kind of hard to manage, like, when you go natural. It's, yeah. it's harder than, we you know, trying to get into a style and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you just got to do way more to your hair. Yeah. And, yeah. like, if it turns out like shitty like, damn like it's, it's you know like with, with weed you can throw on a hat like it's just yeah, it doesn't sure. work yeah. like that <laughs> so it's like i think it too it just it teaches you more to like have even though it's like you think having weave and all of that makes you prideful mm-hmm. i think having your natural hair makes you more prideful and yeah. it makes you more um I guess you you take care of yourself better because yeah. you know when you take care of yourself better, your hair better, you look better, for right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you say kids and marriage. I know yes. you're a boyfriend right. You got a boyfriend right now. Uh-huh. Do you guys talk about marriage or do you guys talk about kids or what? What was that like? Yeah, we talk about kids and marriage mm-hmm. often. Um, I don't know. It's like it's weird. Like when I. Um, like, before we started dating again, I was always the person, like, oh, I can't, like, I have to have this big wedding and yeah. all of this, and I can't wait to do this, and it has to be in two years for this, and then yeah. two years for that, and kids, and all this, blah, blah, blah. And um, I think when, like, when he and I started dating again, I kind of just realized, like, you know, that will come. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just, like, I'm not in a rush right yeah. now to get married. Yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah. not in a rush. I mean, I will, again, like, biological clock is real, whatever. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm just not in a rush. Yeah. And, you know, if it happens, when it happens, it happens. I mean, I just hope that he's not going to keep me until, like, I'm 30 yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So you do want this big proposal or, like? I want a proposal with family around. Okay, okay. And, that, and that's really it. I mean, I personally want it to be well thought out. Mm-hmm. I would, like... A, a nice ring. I yeah. mean, don't give me no like tinky shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. See, that was hard for me. I was I was trying to plan it out, but it, it just didn't work. How was your work. proposal? Pretty whack. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the makeup for like when I guess when I see my vows or something. But like, yeah. it was like I had this plan and kept everything kept messing up. I was gonna do it with her uh, her grandmother. She's a, a pastor, mm. but she's staying in Milwaukee. And she was supposed to come down for Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and um, that weekend we was gonna go out to eat, and I was gonna do it in front of her, both her grandmothers and her mom. And her dad stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was the plan. But then her grandma called, like, I can't come. I'm like, damn. Right. Can't do that one. So then I was going to do it during, um, I forgot what holiday it was. But family didn't come. I'm like, forget it. So I got, I had this ring for like three months. So we were just in the room getting ready, changing clothes. I was about to go to my game to coach. And I was just, I told her, like, listen, I appreciate the whole time you've been down with me for the whole year and stuff like that. And it's been a struggle and stuff. And got to doing that and pulled the ring out and yeah. she started crying but you know with me i'm i'm so dang on i'm like i'm not the mushy type person yeah. so i had everything planned out but it was kind of whack but it was cool at the same time yeah i mean i still think that's like cute but it's still you know me though it's me i'm not the over yeah. top type person like i'm not trying to please everybody yeah as long as me and you happy then that's all that's right matter. yeah and like daniel he um <laughs> he gets so frustrated at me because he can't surprise me yeah. like i'm like a per. i don't know maybe it's just me but like i can <laughs> Like, I don't know, maybe just nothing surprises me or what, yeah. but like, I'm always just like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, and like, I'm I'm very good at surprising him yeah, yeah, or yeah. like getting him a gift. So he's just like, bro, like, I don't know what's, I don't know what to like, do. I was so nervous. I had, I remember one day I had the ring in my pocket for the mm-hmm. whole day. Like, oh. Should I do it? Like, 
damn, no, I'm waiting till tomorrow. Like, come right. on, wait till tomorrow, wait till tomorrow. So I was tired of waiting till tomorrow. Just, yeah. did we changing clothes and I got on some hoop shorts and a white beater. <laughs> like, I like, still think it. that's sweet, though. It was cool because everybody knows that's my type, I type, yeah. that's type of person. I, you know, I'm not over mm-hmm. the top and I don't like all eyes on me. That's why I'm kind of right. scared of this marriage because everybody's going to be looking at right. us. I got to say the right thing. Then you got to have the first dance. I can't dance. So everything <laughs> I mean, about, you just got to do a little two-step, you <laughs> yeah, know? Everything about the whole situation is kind of scary as far as marriage. And then once she put that ring on her finger, it's like, damn, this is official. That's real. Yeah. 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 It's like two real moments in my life and my son come out the yeah. room <laughs> and then that situation like right. damn this is like for real yeah you gotta take care of yeah. this person and, I, and your kids yeah and i think too it's like i you know i'm now starting to realize like how nerve-wracking that can be mm-hmm. and so like i'm you know maybe i'm not trying to like lower my expectations a bit yeah. but i guess i'm just trying to take the pressure off of yeah. him doing it correctly because i feel like regardless <laughs> of what you're gonna do i'm gonna still cry like i'm yeah, still well, like the rain you right? know yeah i'm gonna cry you know what yeah. i'm saying i'm gonna be balling so and then, see i don't know what to do like you start crying like uh <laughs> <laughs> like oh my yeah. god yeah like uh you all right <laughs> that's why i hate people tell me bad news i don't know how to what to right. say like, yeah damn um sorry but yeah it's like an awkward situation every time. Yeah. I mean, as long as, like, I don't look busted. Can yeah. you take a few pictures? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Don't, like, it don't do it while I still got morning breath on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I'm a big person, too. Like, I don't want no damn cell phone, like, videos or nothing. Like, oh, and this is one thing. Like, and I feel like this is a big topic that, like, a lot of people don't understand. But, like, I told Daniel, I was like, I don't want phones out at my wedding. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very big at, like... If we're gonna have photos mm-hmm. professionally taken where I'm spending thousands of dollars, yeah, why you got yeah? Why yeah, you, yeah, why do yeah, you need yeah, a cell phone it. picture <laughs> yeah. when I can literally give you all of the great pictures, yeah, yeah. all in focus, mm-hmm. for free to yeah, you, right? Sure, yeah. And you can enjoy it, and you can be in the moment, yeah. and you can cry, whatever, because it's go- it's gonna be captured anyway. Yeah. Like but the- even you, now, you say that about the whole cell phone thing. Just remember going to your grandma's house, looking at a photo album. Yeah, not everything is that that used to be like. Even though you see these same photos every Christmas, you go over there opening up the photo album. Damn, grandma, I look crazy. Right, yeah. It's like you miss stuff like that, you know. But everything now is like, oh, here goes. Look at this picture, like. Right. Yeah. Like that, that whole photo book was like that was like the thing. Now speaking of childhood, Christmas is coming up. Yes. What was your best Christmas growing up? Best Christmas. Why you think about that? I tell mine. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, um, I think twelve or thirteen, and um, I don't know if you remember uh, Sega Dreamcast. Yeah, I wanted to Sega Dreamcast so bad, and I did, my mom kept saying she couldn't afford it. Mm. So I'm like, it was nothing under the tree, not nothing right. at all. Like I'm like, damn, she really can't afford Christmas this year. Yeah. So I went to went to bed, came back out, all these gifts up under there. Got the Sega Dreamcast, got a uh, uh, Lil Wayne Hot Boy CD. I think like mm, it was like, yeah, my, the look like like the Dreamcast was like <clears throat> the best game system ever to me. So when I got mm. that, that's like my best. Christmas and probably last Christmas I got like a lot of gifts because I was like fourteen, so you know, right? You get to yeah, age after where, that, you're yeah, I got a little brother, so grown. he getting everything. So. Yeah, I don't know if I have like a personal Christmas that I enjoy, but I think I like the Christmases like with my little brother. Like, mm. so again, I have baby brother. We're all twelve years apart. Mm. Um, so he's now fifteen. Okay. Um, and so. I have a very vivid Christmas. So, number one, my little brother was bad as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he was just one of those kids that just used to get into everything. I so, got I one think, of those. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think it, it was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a Christmas where he had to be like two, three. Mm. 
And so I have a vivid memory of, so like in my parents' house, there used to be a balcony from their room over into like the living room where we used to have the Christmas tree. Okay. And like, for some reason, this kid decides to like sneak through the banisters (laughs) and hang to the outside of the balcony, (laughs) right? So like, all I see is like this kid, he's like little as hell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) barely can speak. And he's just like holding on for dear life. And Mm -hmm. I like remember him like... He was, like, debating whether or not he wanted to, like, just drop and fall. (laughs) I ended up picking him out. But, like, I just have a very, like, vivid memory of him. And then, like, (laughs) I just remember he got all of these gifts. And he was like, sissy, I love these gifts, you know? Like, so I just, my favorite memories are, like, Now, do you have a a a bad Christmas experience? Mm, No. I always, I I never really asked for nothing. So, like, when I got stuff, I was always happy. So, I don't. Pretty much the same with me. Yeah, I got, I got everything. The only thing bad is, like, going to sleep and trying to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. I used to wake up at, like, one or two. Yeah, Like, uh, is Christmas yet? (laughs) No? Okay. Yeah. Now, we got this thing that we do on the show called Top 3. Yes. So, uh, we got Top 3 Childhood Crushes. Ooh. Lil Fizz. <laughs> may, may he rest in peace, though, because he's a cornball now. <laughs> Lil Fizz used to be fine as hell. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, Lil Fizz. I used to like all of NSYNC. Don't okay. judge me. Yeah, like, yeah. all of them niggas. Like, as a collective. Now, hold on. That's the one Justin Timberlake was he part of NSYNC, right? I think so. Okay, yeah. I, I, I always missed them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked all of them together as yeah. a collective. Um... Is there, is there another childhood? I think that's it. I didn't Man, really like have Fizz. crushes. But yeah, Lil Fizz used to be I'll, so fine back in the day. You know, I used to always wonder, like, how did it feel to be Raz B? Because you all the girls, <laughs> like, everybody. Right, right yeah. Everybody like J-Bug, Amari, right. Lil Fizz, but nobody never what? talked about Raz B. Yeah, because they was like, his lips too big. Man, he, he was the only one with a short haircut. Everybody had the waves or right. the <laughs> The fool got a Jay-Z haircut. And all right. <laughs> so, uh, let me see. Let me see. Top three foods. Ooh, top three foods. Okay. So, of course, mac and cheese all day. Okay. No, h- how do you like your mac and cheese? Creamy or no. like bricky? Uh, okay, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's, I a like vi- that's a very, like, valid description. Because um, this past Christmas, not this past Christmas, but Thanksgiving, we had two different macaronis. Uh, my fiance and mom made one and her grandma made one. Ooh. The grandma got the creamy one. Mm. I, I can't do the creamy one. Yeah. So, I got, I went, when I... I want that. that yeah, that, like that, you want that, a scoop of that it. Stiff, yeah. yeah. So the way my mom makes it, so she, it's like I wouldn't even necessarily say it's creamy mm-hmm. or ch- I mean it's in like brick form. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's hard to explain. It's just it's not as bricky as it yeah, normally yeah. is, but it's like super buttery yeah. and like super cheesy <laughs> and it's just got that like it's like you just know like yeah. you could eat this meal, oh, yeah, mac that. and cheese all day oh, yeah. for the next 3 days straight. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was so mad. We're out of mac and cheese now. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. For Thanksgiving, how many days can you eat it after Thanksgiving? I say mac and cheese you can eat for a week. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Everything else I give it except for the ham. Mm-hmm. I give it max two, three days. Yeah, I give it Sunday. Today should be the last day I should be eating Thanksgiving food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. so mac and cheese mm-hmm. for sure. Um I do like some salmon. Okay. I can eat some salmon. And then I like like pasta, like tortellini. Okay. I know that's like a very bougie pasta, yeah, but no, <laughs> <laughs> I do rock with like some tortellini or like ravioli or just like yeah. you know stuffed pasta. I like that. Okay, so so let me see top three uh, TV shows. Uh, 
Oh, okay. Number one all day, scripted TV show, Mr. Robot. Mr. Best, Robot? Best show ever. I've never seen it. So, okay. So, it's a show about a guy. It's it's like, um, okay. So, it's a show about a guy. He's schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. But he's like a tech genius. So, okay. he like, he knows how to like code everything. So, yeah. like, he's a tech genius and he's like almost like a tech Robin Hood. So, he okay. used to like hack people's computers to like blackmail them for like you know to get people out of like bad situations okay anyway long story short he hacks this like huge corporation Mm. um and takes them down but like just the the way that the storyline goes incredible just a fucking incredible (laughs) like mr robot yeah mr robot is on usa watch all of it front to back like you will just be like oh this is great (laughs) i love mr robot um mr robot is great um Next, Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Even though, like, I, I completely respect how, like, people think it's just, like, this white woman's, like, martyr. Okay. I don't think it's like that, so I respect the show. Yeah. Um. And then last show. It's hard, because you have, like, certain shows from, like, certain eras. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know what? I'm just going to go out there and toss out my favorite reality show. Mm-hmm. 90 Day Fiance. That's great. Never seen that before. <laughs> 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. It's okay. I love watching white people problems. <laughs> like it's it's either like I love scripted television <laughs> or I love like white trash reality TV. <laughs> and there's like no in between. But I will say that 90 Day Fiance yeah. is an incredible. When you was growing up, did you watch like uh, Flavor of Love? Yes. That's like he he st- he started all that. But but before that it was the surreal life. Yeah. When he was uh, uh-huh. dating that uh, the tall white chick. Yeah. Uh, I forgot her name. Yeah, she used to call him Foofy Foofy. Yeah. Then you had the the, uh, the midget dude, the dude from Brady Bunch. Yeah. But my favorite reality show was a uh, Flavor of Love and Making the Band. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, like them fools was fighting. What about College Hill? You're missing oh, College yeah. Hill. College Hill, when she got beat with the heels yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and then you had the white dude with the Ninja Turtle stuff. Right. Yeah, that's when see that's when reality TV was was funny. Right. Not just like man, this is. I just... feel like it was unscripted back yeah. then, which made it like that, so much like, more real. funny. Yeah, like yes. you watch that. Like love hip hop, I can't do it. I used to watch um Black Ink, but then that started getting a little. Yeah, funny. I feel like all of that's now scripted. But yeah. I feel like if you're gonna watch scripted reality TV, yeah, you might as well just watch some mess, right? Yeah, <laughs> why not have it be white people? Mess? Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, because black people Concept. be yeah, looking crazy, right? All right, let me see. Ta- so we talk about movies, top three. Uh, I mean TV shows, top three movies. Top three movies. Inception, mm-hmm. incredible. Um. I'm going to go out with my white chick flick, A Walk to Remember. That's my shit. Um, and then last movie, Seven Pounds. Seven Pounds. That was yes. a straight movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. But I like, I like what's name Barrett, though, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. I feel like Pursuit of Happiness, like, it just made me really emotional. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Seven Pounds was just, like, it was a good, like, mix of emotion and like yeah. twist to it yeah because pursue happiness that's a sh- when that movie come on i gotta turn my head away from you know right like whenever i feel like life is hard i watch that movie like all right it could be better right yeah it's gonna get better for sure let's see do you listen to rap yes top three rappers see that's what i like about you and besides other uh guests it took them forever you jump right into your top three real right quick um okay so don't judge me, but Big Sean, I've I've always been a big Big Sean fan. Yeah, Big Sean, so yeah, I like yeah. Big Sean. Yeah, and the only reason why is because like I was a fan when he was coming out with his like new mixtape. So mm-hmm. like I remember like being in the hallways and like high school and being like, oh this nigga gonna blow. Yeah, yeah. Big Sean's cold. He yeah, cold. Um, Big Sean. 
Um, in terms of rappers, no name. Mm-hmm. So she's a female rapper. Right, right. Okay, yeah, yes. Did she say something recently about her not performing in front of white Yeah, crowds? yeah. And I like we could get into it, but I, me and my boyfriend had a big conversation about it, and I, I like I respect where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that's not realistic. What's right? the reason though behind it? Yeah. So she was saying that she makes music for black people, and she feels like when she performs on stage for a white audience, she mm-hmm. feels like she's like. A monkey dancing you know what i'm saying like and so she feels like if i'm gonna make all this music for black people i'm sick of it being consumed only by white people and i'm mm-hmm. only making money off of white people so like do am i am i better than like a lizzo yeah, right yeah, yeah. and like i could respect wh- where she's coming from but we got to be honest that the majority of music consumption so, spe- yeah, specifically black rap whatever yeah. is by white people yeah, for sure, yeah. and they the ones who gonna pay for a concert now yeah. no i i Whenever no names in town, I'm going to go to a concert. Yeah. But I got to be honest, you know, you're going to see white people in the crowd. Yeah. And it's like you got to be okay with that and, and know that's, that's a part of, like, music yeah, in yeah. order for you to continue. Now, if you don't, if your heart's really not in it, mm-hmm. it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 for sure. So how do you feel about, um, what's the singer name who says she... She's going through the whole... Ari Lennox? No, no, no. She don't like... like she kind of going through that little shot, shot phase. She don't want to perform no more, really. For oh, real. yeah. She, uh, everybody was making jokes about her on social media from the last award show. What's yeah. her name? Uh, I was just listening to her album. Yeah. I, uh, damn, she was on... Shit, I'm pulling it up. Yeah, but like like with with, with, with that situation, like you kind of got... Summer to, Walker. Summer, yeah, yeah, Summer Walker. How do you feel about that? Like... She, I, I'm thinking she probably just blew up before overnight. Didn't know like all this fame was gonna come so fast. So it's kind of like now right. she's like, damn, like I don't know how to accept this. Right. So I I see both sides, and like I respect that there's a such thing called social anxiety, right? Mm. Yes, social anxiety exists. Mm. You know, and and we can't say as people who don't have it that. It doesn't exist, right? Yeah. And we have to accept that. But I think when you go into a performance industry, mm. you got to find a way to cope. And I, I I, have, I don't know, but I have this inkling that she's just out here floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to therapy. You're yeah. not, you know, if, if you need meds, you're not taking them. Yeah. You're not, you're not doing what you can to do your job. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like if you don't, if you didn't want to get into the industry where you are the artist and you're performing, you could have, yeah. you know, wrote songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stay you behind know, the scene. right? Yeah, you could have, yeah. you could have stayed behind the scenes. And I'm saying that, you know, yes, it's fair for you to have it, but now for you to make money, yeah, you gotta you're gonna go have there, to cope. Yeah, you gotta perform, do interviews, all that. Stuff. Right. So and I she think she made some good music too. Like, I can't lie. Right. So it's like I just, I, I think more than anything, it's like I'm not gonna accept that she could just say. Hey, I have social anxiety and just be like, eh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I know I want you to really take care of that. Yeah, 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 and yeah. as, you know, someone who's, <clears throat> you know, a fan of your music, take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And again, that very well could be you don't do, you know, VIP. Yeah, so yeah, you don't exactly. have to hug yeah, people do no or you don't have to be stuff, like one on one with people. Yeah. That's fair. Do what you have to do to cope, but mm. you can't. You can't arguably say because again, in the music industry now, you only make music when you, or you only make money when you tour. Oh yeah, yeah, because you're not getting no record sales. Ain't nobody going there purchasing hard copies anymore. Exactly. And you got sell so you got to have so many streams, streams just to yeah. make an uh, album purchase. Like you know, so yeah, it's totally different from what it used to be. Right. So if you really want to make money, I feel like you would cope. Yeah, yeah. So you say no name, Big Sean. No name, Big Sean, and then. I'll throw out an old one, even though he's not my favorite anymore. Lupe mm. Fiasco. 
Lupe used to be nice. Like, oh, he used to be so nice. Music. Yeah, like, he used to be so nice. Yeah. I mean, like, RIP to his music, too, bro. Like, yeah. I, it just makes me sad because it's like... No, Lupe was nice. I remember my, uh, my brother introduced me to him, and I listened to that. I think it was his first or second CD. Yeah. Maybe the first two. I was listening to that all the time. Like, because he had that one song, Hip Hop You Saved Me. Yeah. That was, like, mm -hmm. one of my favorite songs, for right. real. Right. And, I, like, literally, I think his first two, maybe even I'll add on the third, just for Prosperity. I think they were classic albums. Yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. were classic albums. And it's like, you know, again, it's like I, I respect that artists can't stay in one place. Mm -hmm. But I also can't respect you just doing what you want to do. All right, well, speaking of, like, therapy, mental <clears throat> health and all stuff, mm -hmm. and artists can't stay in one space, how you feel about Kanye West? Like, <laughs> Ooh, I, So this is, this is a load of comments. Because okay. Kanye West, first three albums, like I tell you, by classic albums. Right. You know, and then he came out with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, and people is, say it was a good CD, but mm -hmm. I don't. I don't I, like it. I think it was before it's time. Okay. I think that that album is going to define this decade. Yeah. And again, it's like, <clears throat> not everybody's going to like it, but music-wise, visuals-wise, artistry-wise, he had literally every, any and every artist on that album. Mm -hmm. um, that album, I, I think, will be a time capsule for arguably the past 10 to for the next 10 to 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we could say. I feel like I have a very different perspective on Kanye that I've started to see people have mm -hmm. that, you know, again, I know it's against the grain. And so, number one, I went to Kanye's, um, he had like this album preview at the Fox. Okay. So I went, me and Daniel had tickets, we went. Mm -hmm. So it was a really cool experience, number one. Of course, he was well, hope I'm so I folks. It is what it is. But I mean, I thought it was a cool experience. And what I will say is, I think that Kanye has had some type of spiritual awakening mm. i think that again he might be trying to lead souls to christ but that's not to say he's not an idiot and yeah, i think yeah. that you know <laughs> again people have to have some type of duality with people mm. and i think that's one thing that we struggle with especially with the social media um era yeah. we want to either paint people as all bad or all or all good mm. there's either got to be a villain or a hero yeah, yeah, sure. and i think when we operate in that space we oftentimes lead ourselves to be disappointed with people yeah 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 because sometimes you're too invested into correct, the person yeah. correct and it's like if we if we can't say you know Kanye can have this duality of being an idiot who yeah. supports Trump, mm -hmm. but also someone who might literally be someone who, you know, has now been led to Christ and is now trying to use his music for Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if we're not operating in the space that this nigga can do both, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're always going to be so yeah. frustrated and mad at Kanye. Yeah. And, like, I might go here and some, some people might, might be bad. <laughs> But that's when we start to idolize people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we can't see that people can can do both, we start to idolize people. And that's what the Bible talks about, right? Mm -hmm. When we see only people on a pedestal and we're we're mad that they're not these people on this pedestal, yeah. we idolize people. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have to accept Kanye for what it is. I think that it's great that he's now trying to create music for the edification of Christ. Yeah, that's but great. But he's to keep it like that, though. He can't just the next album right. go back exactly. to Right, exactly. I agree. I now agree. Now he's going to be like, oh, you just did that shit Right, you just you did it. And, I, and again, it's like I can respect people who think that he is doing it. Yeah. Because arguably, you know, music, if you're if you're going to do it all for Christ, you could have sang that in a church, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I again, I just think that I don't I don't have this anger 
towards him because I think that I see all sides. Yeah, yeah. And I'm accepting him for who he is at this point in time. Okay, okay. All right, let me go back to the top three. How you feel? Yeah. Uh, top three singers. Top three singers. Um, like right now or of all time? Uh, like all time. Who, all time. Okay. Okay, I throw Beyonce in there not because I'm like a Beyonce fan or a Beyonce stan at all. Like mm. some, some, like a lot of her music, I'm not. I don't really care for that much. Mm. But she's a great singer all okay. day. Jasmine Sullivan, she's great. Mm. She deserves more of her flowers. Yeah, she yeah she can sing. Yeah. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think more singers, more singers. That one's hard because I mm. I feel like I listen to R and B, but I don't. There's not like an artist that I really really love. Yeah. See, I like what's I like uh, I like her. Yeah, her is I like, great. I like Daniel Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as far as um, I like Chris Brown. Yeah, I think Chris Brown. Like I told he does, the, he deserves more flowers. Yeah, than like that, I told the last guest, he's probably the biggest star of our generation. And then it was crazy because she was like, "Well, who do you think is bigger between uh, him and Drake?" Which was a good question. Like, mm. like, damn, who is like for real? Like, because those kind of like the two names as far as like right. from I, I want to say twenty ten on to now. Right, more talent, Chris Brown, more impact, Drake. Yeah, I think and, that's that's and, how you have to. Break like, it with down. Drake, the thing that made me so mad with him is he can rap, and I understand you gotta you know appeal to the women and start as far as like the whole R and B part of his uh. His, his, his CDs and stuff, but if he can just actually drop like a, a rap album, I want to see if he can do that. And I think it'd be a good album. I just want to see a rap album from Drake, not like mm-hmm. okay, you got five songs rapping, twelve songs singing. Like I want to yeah. see a rap album from him. Yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen because I don't, I don't think <laughs> I don't I just don't think he has that talent. Like, yeah. and again, like <clears throat> I think we have to be okay with people being entertainers and mm-hmm. not having talent. And I'm that's not to say that For Drake sure. can't rap or he can't put verses together right yeah. but he's not the jay-z of our generation and yeah. we, we we have to accept that right mm-hmm. um he's not going to be a biggie of our generation he's not going to be a dmx yeah. even of yeah. our generation you and know see, that's one person people do not give they respect the respect to is dmx bro he, I seen he, the, cha- he changed i've seen the, the top 50 list and no everybody leaves dmx out of bro and he, impactful and he's the only person to have two platinum albums in one year like and before he got all fucked up, he was the only one like out here like for real with the movies and everything. Like right, no DMX walked so Fifty Cent could run, bro. Yeah. And, I, and <laughs> like I again, it's like I think I just feel like when I think when we start to compare and contrast, I think again, and this is just going back to this whole duality and taking people for who they are. We're in a different generation. There will, there will never be another DMX. Yeah, ever, yeah. ever, ever, and ever. DMX ever. to me, DMX is in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Like okay. People left him out of top fifty. He in my top ten. Who who's your favorite rapper ever? Favorite rapper ever? That's hard. Cause I, again, I just I take people for who they are at at one time. I don't know. Yeah, see, I people like to say like the the typical names and stuff like that. But I think like the person that really like I really like when I really started loving rap, it be had to be Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like Tupac's my favorite rapper ever. Yeah, but. When, what changed rap for me it was like dang I, I love rap music was Lil Wayne right cause he was like he was young 14, 15 years old mm-hmm. and shit I didn't see he, he he took he took cash money cause when everybody left he right. held he, them up right and, and I, he, cause it was him <coughs> he wouldn't be a cash money records right now right so yeah Lil Wayne is that guy right so um I got another top three top three this is you the first person that asked this question top three moments in life moments in life ooh so, for, my, <laughs> for my life or just like for life just ever. yours okay 
uh, so number one, it would probably be, so I used to be a dancer. Um, mm-hmm. Like I used to win a lot of awards. But one thing I got the opportunity to do was to spend a summer in New York, okay. New York City. And I did a dance inten- intensive at the Dance Theater of Harlem, mm-hmm. which was incredible. So um, my my late uncle, uh, he was a dancer. He was a principal dancer at the Dance Theater of Harlem. Okay. So he lived in Harlem very close. So I used to walk every day. Mm. Through the city of New York, 11 yeah. years old, and go to the Dance Theater of Harlem. Okay. And I think that was probably the coolest experience ever. Okay. Like, I hadn't, like, I, it, you know how, like, when you're young, you don't really know yeah. how monumental opportunities are? Back. Right. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that was one experience that I knew mm. was fucking cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, that, that would probably be number one. Okay. Number two, um, I was, um, so I'm sure you probably saw, but uh, I'm a member of AKA, mm-hmm. yeah. and I became the second international vice president during okay. college, mm-hmm. and so like I was, so it was a board position for the sorority. Mm-hmm. I was um, number three mm-hmm. in the entire thing, and like for two years, I was in school Monday through Wednesday or Thursday, mm-hmm. and then I traveled across the country. Thursday through Sunday. Oh, yeah, dang. <laughs> um, and so that was an incredible experience. And I'll say all of it was because I got a chance to go to Dubai mm-hmm. and they paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I got a chance to go to see the Martin Luther King Memorial and the museum. Okay. Like, just so many, like, cultural experiences that I would have never experienced had I not been in that role. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. really cool. And, and, like, I, I did my speech in mm-hmm. front of, like, 12,000 people on my birthday, on my yeah. 21st birthday at that. Oh. So it was, like, it was just such a cool, like, coming, coming of age opportunity mm-hmm. um, that I thought was really just, like, incredible. Okay. And then I think I think I would add Demo Day okay. as my third um, yeah, yeah, because again, yeah, right, yeah, it was big for my business, but I think it was big for me too because I like I stress out about that pitch, <laughs> yeah. and I mean I put a lot of pressure on it because you know again it's like when I'm going up like when I did speeches for AK like. I mean I, like it was it was for me mm-hmm. and like yes I was nervous but it was like. It was this like very youthful confidence that I had about myself, like I'm the shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like when I did demo day, I really felt like I had something to prove to myself, you know. Mm. So like that was really cool. Oh yeah, well. for sure. Okay, cool. That was yeah. that was three nice ones right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> for real. All right, well we we always do this thing with how we ended off. I didn't think you wanted to do it, but you yeah, said you I don't mind do doing it. it. So uh, Fuck it. we got uh. It, high moment or drunk moment? High it's moment. a situation that you was like, damn, that was crazy. Okay. So in college, mm-hmm. um, had to be like my first year in AK. I don't, I can't remember when it was, mm. but it was one of my line sister's birthdays. And so what we used to do was a bunch of us used to go over one of my line sister's houses and like either drink or just like pregame or whatever before yeah. a party. Okay. So this specific day, we just so ended up getting high. Mm. No, no, it's about 20 of us. So yeah. my line was huge, 47 people on the line. So it was about 20 of us yeah. in this house. Okay. The way that Hampton is set up. So Hampton is off a of peninsula. Mm-hmm. We are literally like right by water. Like we're like surrounded by water. So in order for you to like kind of get into like this little downtown area of Hampton, you got to go over a bridge. So like imagine me getting off campus, whatever, going over across the bridge to my friend's house. Yeah. 
so we all get high. This was like my second or third time getting yeah. high. So like, I mean, it was just like it was hitting me, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it I was hitting that. me. So like we like we somehow piled up like eight in a car and like a sedan. Yeah. And we get to this like Mexican shanty town neighborhood. Yeah. Now no, I've never seen this neighborhood before, yeah. and I've never seen it again in my life. I I don't know where it is. If you ask me where this house was or where these apartments were, I couldn't. Tell. But like just imagine like the projects, but like you're in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. That's wild shit. shit. Right there. Yeah. So we were like. Like, I felt, again, because I was high, I felt like we were, like, scaling, like, sides of buildings, like, yeah. going through these, like, narrow-ass, like, uh, like walkways. Yeah. And we ended up, like, go getting to her apartment or yeah. somebody's apartment. And so the way the apartment was set up, it, it was she was like on the second floor, so you had to walk upstairs, and then I, I shit you not, the apartment was like a U. Yeah. So, like, just, just imagine, like... Okay, you're trying to get to this party. Yeah. You're high as fuck. You're tweaking. And you get to, like, this place that you just... You have no clue. You yeah. have no recollection of where you are. So, like, everybody's like, oh, Autumn, are you good? I'm like, no, I'm high. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. where the fuck am I? <laughs> like, And I just remember just, like, kind of being in the corner, like, yo, I'm tweaking. Like, I can't do this shit again. That's, um, a scariest, that's the scariest situation ever. When you don't smoke and yeah. you smoke, like, it's the scariest high ever. Bro, and it's like... And I think it was just even more scary because it was like a new experience. I, and yeah. I tell people this all the time: like, if you're gonna get high, and like you're you you maybe not like you might not be comfortable with weed yet, like yeah. do it in the comfort of your own home, okay. like where you know where everything is, <laughs> exactly. you yeah. know where the remote is, like you can watch <laughs> shows on your, so you can decipher what's real and what's not. <laughs> because when you're high and you're doing like adventures and shit, you just don't know what's real, and like you'll see some shit, and you'll be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. is that real? Yeah, yeah, for real. Like I so, be telling people whenever. Whenever I smoke, I I think for other people. Right. <laughs> like, Bro, like you will have whole conversations in like a minute span, and you're like, oh, what is going? Like, you know. Yeah. So like I and I tell people like, just be comfortable yeah. because like the whole adventure shit is just a, a bit too much. So mm -hmm. like again, I I've, I've never been there again. I've asked my line sisters, where do we go? They don't know. Oh my god. So I just kind of feel like I don't know if I like just envision that yeah, or, or, or like if it's real or not or. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I heard that's that, that it's almost like he was in the mushroom experience. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like no, I, like I I literally don't know if it's real or not. I oh, I think it's real, but again, it's like it's one of those memories that like might not be significant to people, mm -hmm. but significant to me. So mm -hmm. it's like they don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like shit. Yeah, because like, really my little happened. brother, he he smoke all the time. Classic pothead. What's up? <laughs> but it's like I don't know how you do it. Like because it's like it's, it's to me it, it scares me. Yeah. Because like I said, it's like I'm out of my body looking at myself like, damn, you fucked up. <laughs> right. And it's like, again, it's like I, res I respect, again, if you smoke, you smoke. Like, I'm down. Like, yeah. cool, whatever. Yeah. I, like, I personally can only smoke when I feel like I have nothing on my plate and yeah. I can relax. Yeah, yeah. Which is like never. So I like never smoke for yeah. real. Like, and it's not that I don't want to. It's mm -hmm. just I, I, you know, it's just not. I don't have the luxury of doing it, but yeah. there's like really people who can function high, and that's yeah. just not me. Yeah, like my little like, brother, I, I ain't seen it. We was just in Denver, and this dude was smoke from six a.m. to goddamn oh two. I'm six a.m. to six 
Like, he can smoke all day long. No matter how big or small the blunt is, how strong or weak it is, he would he would constantly go. Yeah. Mm-mm. Like like recipes to my mom. My mom used to be doing smoking. I'm like, how do y'all do this? Yeah. Well, no, er- low key, everybody smoke. Yeah, everybody. everybody like, when I was a little kid, I used to be scared for people to come come to my house to see my mom and dad smoke weed until I went over their parents' house and, and see that their parents like, smoke. <laughs> like, oh, this must be a thing that everybody do. Huh? Right? Yeah, yeah. It's more common. I think. And again, it's like I I hope mm-hmm. just with like the trend of like weed becoming like a thing that yeah. like people take the stigma away from it mm-hmm. because again it's like i you know if you want to smoke like that that's fine i just can't yeah. and i'm just gonna respect my boundaries yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. i can't smoke like that you know yeah. at all i know i cannot i can't do it at all like if i i do every blue moon just to just to do yeah, it whatever, like, like or if you're with like yeah. friends or something that's yeah fine. but i gotta know like okay take your time don't 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 do it too hard right just chill. Like, yeah just chill. you gotta pace yourself have and like I had to disagree. I don't think I could be by myself because I think I'd go even crazier. Right. Being by myself, like oh shit, like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've smoked by myself a couple of times, but it, it like I've I've noticed like it has to be like a certain type of environment, mm-hmm. and I've got to like be comfortable with what's on TV. Yeah. I'm not gonna watch nothing new. Like I just have to have my typical shows because yeah. again, it's like it gets too <laughs> like I tweak out yeah. when something like you know change for the normal. Sonic on there, like, what right. The hell? Like I'll be like, or like I'll start watching a movie like. What yeah, like yeah. this doesn't make any sense like i want to see how people like how they when they be smoking in the studio i don't see i don't see how they can do that i wouldn't be able I'd be to stuck. do that like yeah. what type of rhymes do you want me to yeah, make for real, for <laughs> like, real. okay well uh give the people your um your social media uh yeah you know, your personal one your business yeah so uh please i'm at fall night lights on all of my socials so instagram Twitter, um, Autumn Kyle's at Facebook if you want to find me on there, but I'm barely on there. That's for <laughs> <Yeah>. my mama. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, our social is Eat Detroit Dough, uh, which is on all social media platforms. So yeah, you'll find it on our cup. Um, come meet us downtown it's good. It's for sure. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. And um, one last thing I'm going to ask you before we uh, get about it here. Uh, what advice would you give to your old, your younger self right Ooh. now? Um. Shit gonna change, so be ready for it. That's what's up. Sure, it's simple. Okay, and like I said, you can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on anywhere that plays podcasts. And uh, you can get at me at Shy versus Everybody underscore podcast or my personal page, Shy, S-H-A-D-D, 624. Facebook with Shy Sterling. And um, yeah, make sure you get some Detroit dough and make sure that macaroni stay brick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>